Yeah, I read a story this afternoon. It made me think that maybe today is April Fool's Day and not last Friday. It was in the Irish Mirror and it was about a woman in Dublin who uh, was hospitalised and had surgery after holding in her wind. Holding in her wind, her flatulence for two years because she didn't want to break wind around her boyfriend. Yeah. That's the level today. thought it was April Fool's Day again when I read that, but apparently it isn't. How are you doing? Welcome to The Richie Allen Show for Tuesday, the 5th of April, 2022. I've got two guests for you today. You can join in via the website richieallen.co.uk. Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. Yes, held in the old flatulence for two years not to uh, upset the boy friend and ended up having our appendix taken out. Yeah. Would you believe it? I believe it. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. It is uh, in the paper, so it must be true. Ryan Christian joins me this hour, the last American vagabond journalist broadcaster, always very well briefed. We're going to talk about the day's biggest news stories. Don't miss him. He's live in around about 25 minutes time. And then an old and very dear friend of mine, we've not heard from her for some time, the great Maria Heller joins the programme live from Arizona. Love her. It's been well over a year since she was on. Much to chat about on today's programme. Thanks for finding me again. We stumbled across one another again in the cybersphere. Yeah, that girl who who ended up in hospital, she was selling her flatulence in jars. Remember her? That's the same woman. Yeah, she's not well. So don't be building up flatulence to sell in jars to weird fetishistic men, ladies, because no good comes of it in the end. You'll end up in hospital, in Ontospidale, as we say, in God's country. Where am I going to start today? I haven't a clue. Where am I going to start? You might want an update on the German Shepherd. The German Shepherd, Bobby Jean, who's had more adventures than Timmy the Dog from Famous Five, than, than Rin Tin Tin. She's only seven months. Took her back to the vet today. They gave her staples, thankfully. No more stitches, no more anaesthetic. They gave her staples. And she's now wearing one of those inflatable rubber rings around her neck. It's a small thing. It isn't inconvenient, but it's better than the old conical collar, the big plastic thing, an inflatable swimming pool type ring she's wearing. Don't know what to do with her, whether to give her a bucket and spade and put her on a bus to Cleethorpes or maybe somewhere closer than that. But she doesn't mind. She's hanging in there. Now, Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky has given a speech to the United Nations Security Council a short time ago. In it, he claimed that civilians have been shot in the streets, they have been thrown into wells and crushed by tanks for the pleasure of Russian troops. For, to put it coarsely, Shits and giggles. That's what he said. He said the horrific scenes in Bucha, where civilian corpses were strewn in the streets, he said this is being repeated in other other parts of Ukraine. Now, Russia, 
Again, we do this all the time in the media and we never stop to think. Russia denies any war crimes. Uh, the Russian government denies it and will defend itself at the council where it holds veto power. Russia says it has evidence, video evidence, that the massacre in Bucha was staged. Uh, the UK media continues to report the genocidal war crimes as fact. Russia says we've got the evidence it was staged. Who's telling the truth? They're all liars. So search me, my friend. You tell me. Propaganda? Yeah. By who? By all of them? Let me know, richieallen.co.uk. I don't know. Just in case you happen to be Ukrainian. I'm not saying it did or didn't happen. I don't know. Uh, national radio getting uglier by the day. The United Kingdom, strangely enough, has only got two national talk radio stations. Forget Times Radio. That is nonsense. That is garbage. It's really only LBC and talk radio. Positioned by Global and by Bauer. Uh, positioned by, by, by Global and by Bauer. Yeah, I'll double check that. LBC is global anyway. Um, but I don't think talk radio is better. No, it isn't. Anywho, uh, one of them, LBC, is supposed to be a little bit more liberal, a little bit more lefty, and talk radio a little bit more to the right. Therefore, you've got all you want. Okay? Well, it isn't okay. John phoned LBC this morning at breakfast time, to tell Nick Ferrari, the presenter, that we could have averted the situation in Crane if we hadn't prodded the bear. Have a listen. We could have stopped this war before it started. You know, it was a propaganda from... The, how the would... West, sorry, the just, just wind back. How could, how could we have stopped it? How, um, could, how could we have stopped it? Yeah. I talked to Tom, Tom Swalbick six weeks prior to this, and, and we were saying, if you keep prodding the bear... In, in Eastern Europe, Eastern Ukraine, you will create a problem. And, and what, what was Lindsay doing? He was purposely jeering him up, jeering him up, jeering him up into a situation of attack. He attacked him, and then all of a sudden we're finished up with a situation out of control, and now, and now what we do? We're all sitting there. No one can do anything. What do you mean? Now, so John said that a few weeks before the outbreak of the invasion of Ukraine, he was speaking to another LBC presenter called Tom Swarbrick, and John said, if you keep poking, provoking and prodding the bear, you're going to end up with chaos. Presumably, John means that since the, the coup in Ukraine in 2014, overseen by Victoria Newland, the Eurasian secretary, overseen by John Kerry, uh, don't forget, since that, and uh, since 1990, since NATO has been inching ever closer to Russia, maybe that's what John means by prodding. Maybe we should have left well enough alone, is what John is saying. Let's listen to a bit more of it. Prodding. What, 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 I don't understand. This is a country... Well, no, you've got to let me... No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, we'll do it this way. This is a country that has already annexed vast swathes of Eastern Europe, but has taken Crimea, has taken the South Ossetia, and had eyes on taking another part... Of Ukraine, what 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 do you mean? Prod How the Russian? You know they wanted to take that other but you've seen? Do you not? Do you, t sorry, excuse me. Yeah. Do you ever actually read yeah. anything to do read with foreign? Are you aware? You that, are you aware? Are you, you aware? Are you aware that? Are you aware that Russia has annexed yeah. Crimea? 
Are you aware that Russia... I understand the situation what's happened there. You are aware, right? And you're aware that they've annexed South Ossetia. What do you suggest we do? No, no, no. no, Let him speak. He's the caller. You're the presenter. Let him speak. You get to do it every day. Let him finish. I'm asking a few questions. We do it this way. You are. Why? Why would the West stop and just watch them annex vast swathes of Ukraine? This is straw man stuff. Why would the West stop? Remember, John came on to say, whatever is going on now. He didn't say he endorsed it. He said, whatever is happening now, it wouldn't have happened if we hadn't continued to prod the bear. Don't talk to me about prodding the bear. That is the most lame excuse imaginable. You're almost an apologist for Russia. Well, he didn't apologise for Russia. Not that I heard. Anywho, that's a bit low. It goes on. There was absolutely no way that you can allow people from a sovereign country to be, funnily enough, we're looking at many of the Falklands last weekend, to be taken over by another nation. We're not getting anywhere, Nick. All we're doing is finishing up in a worse situation. Well, you carry on, my friend. You would have been an apologist for Hitler. Wow. John was trying to say there, you know, we're just going to leave things worse than they were previously. I think John would have went on to say, that's generally what happens when NATO intervenes in countries. Just look at Libya, for example. Then the guy accuses him of being an apologist or that he would have been an apologist for Hitler. Wow. You would have been an apologist for Hitler. And he said it again. As he swept through... Czechoslovakia, no, through Poland, Europe. you would have said, don't stop, I'll oh, stop poking Hitler with a sharp stick. Let him take the whole of Europe. You're an apologist and you're weak. This is outlandish. I can't believe they get away with this. John, you are weak. John, you, John, you, you are weak. You have no backbone. You're lily-livered and you're weak. Where the hell is the Official Communications Act? By the way, Ofcom is the regulator for broadcasters. Where are they? How can this be allowed to stand? This is a listener who's phoned in to say, listen, we've got to take some responsibility for what's happening in Ukraine here. Now he's been accused of being weak, lily-livered and apologist for Hitler. Mm. You are weak, John of Bethnal Green. Oh, yeah, of There's no humour here. This guy is deadly serious. You are. You are. And it just goes on and on and on. That's radio today. I mean it when I say, where's Ofcom? Where is Ofcom? By the way, that question that has plagued mankind for decades, you know, the one who ate all the pies. Nick Ferrari is the answer to that. He has his own postcode, Nick. That's the level today, I'm, I'm afraid. That's all I could come up with. When Nick stands on the weighing scales, it reads to be continued. Last Christmas, Nick's wife took a photograph of him It's still printing. When he goes to London Zoo, the monkeys throw him bananas. We'll leave that one there. Fat jokes, is it, Baldy? It's all I could come up with today. That's bad stuff, that. Isn't it? Isn't it? Let's have a look at what's um, one or two things on richieallen.co.uk, which are of interest to us. Might leave the COVID story alone for a minute. We'll come back and we'll talk COVID momentarily. Uh, so we will. You did see that story today about the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, instructing the Royal Mint to create a non-fungible token to keep the UK basically at the forefront of the move to a cashless world. You've seen that, right? This will be of interest to anyone who has listened to this programme for years, who have someone who has read Jim Maher's books, particularly Jim's books on that subject, on cashless, David Icke and many others. It's coming. Uh, The Chancellor wants the token to be issued by the summer 
to show that the UK is a forward-looking country and that it is determined, the UK, uh, to take steps towards uh, crypto assets. We're, we're, we're determined to take a forward-looking approach to crypto assets, said the Chancellor of the Exchequer. It's an interesting piece. I dug out a, an old Telegraph article as well, which uh, made some very good points about what cashless would mean for people, not just senior citizens, but everybody. Have a look at that if you're interested in it. You know what I think about crypto and Bitcoin? I've been saying it for years. And it wasn't a popular thing to say 10 years ago, but I was saying it anyway because it's what I believed, is that Bitcoin, that crypto was basically a Trojan horse. Get people into it, convince them that it is a currency outside the control of the cabal of the hidden hand and they would embrace it and then later on you bring in your own official uh, cashless currencies cryptocurrencies non uh, what, what do they call them central bank digitalized currencies and then you tell people these are the only ones you can use to spend and I've always believed that. We'll have to wait and see. 13 minutes past the hour. We talked briefly yesterday about the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which published a paper yesterday that said we have about three years to basically stop doing what it is we are doing, or it is uh, curtains for planet Earth, right? And this is a big story. It's kind of gotten lost in Ukraine and COVID and stuff, but it's a big story. Now, taking this on today... For LBC Radio was none other than James O'Brien. Have a listen to this. I know that we should be talking about the uh, IPCC report on greenhouse gas emissions. It is now or never if the world is to stave off climate disaster. This is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. And if the world is to have a chance of limiting heating to one and a half degrees centigrade above pre-industrial levels, we kind of have to go all in now. We need a, a now or never dash to a low carbon economy and society. And this, as ever with climate science, is pretty much the consensus view of the most qualified people on the planet. And I, I know we can bring it into everything, but the political movement at the moment... So, right, so he says that the, the fact the Earth is heating up because of CO2 made by man is the consensus view of the most qualified people on the planet. Now, that's a lie. Reuters even acknowledged this three years ago. If you look it up, just insert the term in the search engine... Reuters and climate change, 97% consensus. It's nonsense. There is not and never has been 97% consensus among scientists around the world. So that's nonsense anyway. That's a big lie. It's important to jump right in there. Now he's going to do the straw man thing again, right? You, I don't know anything about you and who you vote or have voted for. I don't know what your politics are. You might not have any politics. Maybe that's why you're here listening to me. But if you have politics, whatever your politics are, they're irrelevant. You might believe that man-made CO2 leading to warming is junk science. Now, if you believe that, I think you're right to believe that. There's no evidence of it. Not a shred of it. And that's why you might not believe that climate change is real. That might be the only reason. Because there's no evidence for it. But, not according to James O'Brien, if you don't believe it, 
you're a Donald Trump supporting Brexiteer who has no grasp of reality. Whether it is represented in the West by people like Donald Trump or Viktor Orban or Brexit, or whether it is represented in the East by people like Vladimir Putin or, 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 um, or the Chinese Communist Party, is to deny reality and to denigrate expertise. To denigrate expertise. So if you believe that the climate change thing is junk, science, you are right, of course. But if you do... Well, you must be a Viktor Orban supporter in Hungary. You must like Trump. You must have voted for Brexit. And you don't think there's anything wrong with communists in Chinese either. In China, excuse me, either. So this is the straw man thing they do, which is pathetic. That's about all I can think of at the moment. It's pathetic, isn't it? It really is. He goes on, does O'Brien. The, the, the bottom line is that the most qualified people ever in the history of humanity... What? ...are absolutely terrified about... He can't name a single one of them, by the way. Do you notice that? He can't give you an example. Like, Jimmy Jones. That's a bad name, isn't it? Jonestown, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's some relevance there. There is, in terms of the fervent belief systems of some of these climate change doom-mongers like Extinction Rebellion. There's some connection there with uh, Jim Jones. But um, what was O'Brien saying there? Let's go back to that for a minute. This is important. Most qualified people ever. Oh, yeah, the most qualified people ever. Well, again, it's not true. And he says they're terrified. In the history of humanity are absolutely terrified. No, they're not. About the direction of traffic and more or less adamant that if we don't slam the brakes on now, not apply them lightly, not, not, not sort of gently nudge them towards the floor. If we don't slam the brakes on now, we are screwed. Or rather, our children or our grandchildren will be screwed. And here's the thing. You probably don't care. You probably don't care. And I don't get that. Because there's no evidence of it. There's none. Well, Brian will know that not, not a single climate model produced by a single academic at a single university in the last 25 or 30 years factors in the impact of the sun on this planet Earth. He knows this. He also knows how little CO2 is in the atmosphere. He also knows that as tiny as the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere is, it's pretty much unknown how much man contributes to that and exactly how much of man's contribution to that is responsible for warming. It's bullshit, and O'Brien knows it. But he is a shill, a very well-paid shill. Hey, speaking of China, and, you know, the indie media is a funny place. The truth or industrial complex is a funny place. Nobody wants to say anything bad in the truth or industrial complex. Nobody wants to criticise Russia or China because we're so caught up with the crimes of the United States, Great Britain, France, Israel and others, right? Rightly so. I don't do the straw man. I don't do the ad hominem attacks ever. But you're caught up with the crimes of the West, rightly so. You don't apply the same scrutiny. I don't mean you now. But you know who I mean. The same scrutiny isn't applied to China and to Russia, ever. Which is kind of sad, really. And it keeps the, it keeps the independent media down, 
really, in the eyes of many people. There's a lot wrong with Russia, a lot. And there is a hell of a lot wrong with China. You only need to look at what's happening in Shanghai right now. I mean, my God, China? You want to be a Chinaman, do you? Or a China woman? Listen to Tom Cheshire of Sky News. Now I know the irony of me talking about China and then referring to Sky. But what Tom Cheshire is about to tell you isn't denied by the Chinese. In fact, it's admitted by the Chinese. They're proud of it. They're absolutely proud of this. Look at the numbers, Kay. It's around 13,000 cases in Shanghai. It might not seem that high, but this is the biggest outbreak in China since the original outbreak in Wuhan and Hubei province uh, more than two years ago. And as a result, China is throwing absolutely everything at this. It's been trying the zero COVID policies, this dynamic zero COVID policy with localised shutdowns, but that's just been ramping up in Shanghai. They shut half the city down uh, for mass testing, then the other half. It was only supposed to be for four days, but now it has been extended indefinitely. We don't know. And when we're talking about a lockdown in China, it is an order of magnitude more severe than lockdowns in Europe, in the UK. People are not allowed to leave their houses. If you're um, asymptomatic, COVID positive, you're taken away to what look like very unsanitary COVID centres. Children are being separated from their parents if the child tests positive for COVID-19 and the parent doesn't. So there's a lot of difficulty in Shanghai now. People complaining they don't have enough food, they don't have enough clean drinking water. And asking, why are we doing this? We're vaccinated. Of all those 13,000 cases, the vast majority are asymptomatic. We're dealing with Omicron, which is a different sort of threat. But the message from the central authorities here in Beijing, and they are the ones in charge, is that they will stick with COVID-0. So Shanghai is going to be in lockdown for a while to come. Yeah, the Chinese are taking children away from their parents if the child tests positive and the parent doesn't. They're really doing this. They really are. And Chinese people are screaming bloody murder. Well, we've taken your jabs the Chinese authorities are saying, tough shit, Paddy. We're going to do this and you're going to put up with it. That's China for you. Remember that next time you're listening to a, a channel or watching a channel or, or reading a blog post from someone in the truth or industrial complex about China. It's a horrible place. I couldn't imagine living there. I was offered a job there some years ago. Kind of, half offered a job. That was about 15 years ago, maybe a little bit less than that. It's 22 minutes past the hour. I was going to talk about children and vaccines for COVID, but I don't have time. I've got to uh, get my skates on because Ryan Christian, the last American vagabond, will be limbering up right about now to chat with you and to chat with me. Twenty-three minutes past the hour, it's the Richie Allen show. That is Urban Cookie Collective, the key, the secret. Twenty-six minutes past five, the Richie Allen show, live from Salford. Thanks for your comments through the website. Uh, dozens and dozens already. Thank you for them. Hi to Chris and Emma. Hi to Nelly, who says climate change. Many folk make the connection that climate change is real, but a natural phenomenon. But that the powers that be are using it to blame us, to tax and control us, says Nelly. Thanks for that. Patrick says O'Brien is no better than a paid agent provocateur working for Soros and BLM. Vicky says, I wonder how many, how much of these Muppets are getting paid to promote this climate garbage. Interesting stuff. Uh, hi to Bren. Thanks, Bren. Craig says, who remembers a mere few years ago when Donald Trump criticised China? 
Talking heads like Fluffer O'Brien accused Trump of xenophobia. So what has happened, asks Craig, other than George Soros recently speaking out against China? Of course, that is interesting. Um, Bruce says you give O'Brien so much credit or too much credit. I'm not sure he knows anything. He operates like a software program and a dodgy one at that. Let's welcome back to the program a terrific journalist and writer and broadcaster, the man behind the brilliant The Last American Vagabond.com, which you know well. And in the unlikely event you don't get on it straight away in book market, welcome back our friend Ryan Christian. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing all right, Richie. It's always a pleasure to be back on. I just had a great little birthday hiatus, so I'm feeling motivated to get to work today. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Belated happy birthday, pal. Thank you. you Thank you're you. too old to remember that track I just played there from the early 1990s when dance had taken over the world uh, again. Um, maybe you are, maybe you're not. I want to ask you straight up. Um, I meant what I said to you today. I don't have a clue as to what is real and what isn't real. I've been a journalist for over 20 years, so I understand in conflict, it's my understanding that if you leave to one side for a moment, which country or which state is in the right and which one is in the wrong, my experience has been that when you put young men, mostly young men and women, into situations where they're asked to shoot people, disgusting, horrible things happen, people turn into monsters. I don't know what's going on. What has what have you observed in the last few days hearing about the scenes in Bucha in Ukraine where allegations that Russian troops have done the most unspeakable things? What do you think? What's going on? Well, there's so many layers to this. And first of all, I, one of the reasons I respect you, Richie, is because you're willing to say that. I, I was just talking about this on Grand Theft World uh, yesterday, that it, it's, we need to be okay, comfortable saying, I don't know. And in that same in that same point of discussion, ask yourself, when's the last time you heard a politician say those words? When's the last time you heard anybody in authority say, I don't know the answer to that? That's ne- they just it's almost like they're taught never to say that, yeah. you know, and so what's frustrating is it's just no everyone's being trained away from that. And I'm glad you're willing to stand back and say that, because the truth is, I don't think most anybody really knows We're, we can we can take historical precedent. We can take previous actions. We can take the the current dynamic and the evidence we have in front of us. And most people should walk away going, well, it's pretty clear that at least one side's obviously lying. Most, uh, Pretty much every side tends to lie during war, which is your point. There's no good war where people are being told to murder each other for justifiable reasons, if that's even a possible reality. But the point is we're in a situation now where you're you're seeing the entire apparatus, and I think this kind of bleeds over from COVID. I mean, I know it does. Take the take narratives from Ukraine at face value. Now, feel free to do that. I think you're ridiculous if you want to do that, but feel free. The point then should be that we cannot report this as this is what happened because we don't know that. And Western press has even admitted multiple times throughout this process. We have no way to actually verify most of what they're saying happens on the ground. So they don't say this is what Ukraine said. We don't know. They said, here's what happened. Ukraine sources. And then when Russia says a counter narrative, they go, well, here's why Russia's probably fake. And here's why they're lying. Here's why they always lie. It's obvious they have an agenda here. So to address the point in regard to what you're saying, I think that is me. Let me close something really quickly. To address the point that you're bringing up in regard to Bucha, and I think what's really alarming to me is to watch this happen in real time, despite what people like myself and a lot of others are pointing out. I mean, just a quick review of this from like this morning, going back for the, you know, the whole story itself. We're talking about a situation that comes from a location which is questionable at 
at, at most, well, primarily Kiev. I'm very, very skeptical about what they claim has been happening there from the beginning, but that's a different topic, to focus on this one specifically. It comes entirely, entirely from the mayor of the location. I can verifiably show, and I'll talk about this in my show today, I hope people will tune in, verifiably show that the Azov Battalion has been in that location, if not controlling it, which I believe they are if they're in that location. That's my opinion. Same with places like Mariupol from the very beginning. The Azov Battalion, if you're not aware, is an openly neo-Nazi extremist group that, that on top of that, to be clear for people that do know the, deep, the deeper part of it, not just neo-Nazis, but actual Nazis historically, but mixed and you know grown by the CIA for a long time. It's on the record. So they're there, have been there. And then, okay, th that should be suspicious in its own right, since they've openly said they were going to carry out these kind of attacks. But then we realize that the mayor himself is there, who's been in this location, part of the regime-changed puppet government that's put in place. This is all on the record. Like, if you doubt these things, and you're unwilling to look at the kind of source material we're putting up, then you're choosing a side as opposed to looking for facts. It's all on the record, such as the, uh, the uh, Estonian prime, uh, member of par or no, minister speaking with a, mem a member of European Parliament on the record. I've got the, the, the recordings where they're acknowledging that the regime change and the snipers that were fired in the Maidan Square were coming from the U.S. backside. This is on the record. right? So the point is these people in this place should be questioned entirely. Okay. Then we look at the Western press perspective. So all of that aside— you're still taking one person's word about what they say happened and reporting that as fact. Then you take the Washington Post dynamic, where apparently that's one of the only places that say they've confirmed one of these videos. But what are they actually confirming? They've got a video of people that are saying were, that were bodies and people were killed. Okay, so let's say they confirmed that. What are they confirming? That people got killed. Okay, who, cut, who killed them? Who shot them? Where'd the bombs come from? All of these things matter, but you see, all of that's been pushed aside, and now we're at a point where we're starting to call for war criminal, war crimes investigations. Look at all this. Then you can stand even further back and go, okay, wait a minute. Who's accusing them of war crimes? Oh, that's right. The group that's committed some of the most flagrant, overt crimes in the history of living memory and been called out for them over and over and over by the same people right now calling for war crimes investigations against Putin. Like, I could keep going. This just gets... a absurdly childish, cartoonish even, when we realize that it all stems back to a political agenda. And that's even if these things were true, by the way. Don't you, de wouldn't you demand that the Western press should prove these things before you start calling for massive, like earth shattering kind of uh, accusations and upheaving people's lives and sanctions and on and on. I mean, you know, so the point is to your main point, Richie, nobody really ultimately knows at this point, other than the people committing these manipulations and the people that are watching them happen. And right now, nobody seems to care about the nuance of that oh, conversation. The and those accusing Russia of these crimes have, well, they have previous, as we say in the UK, of levelling accusations against governments using the very same language. You know, he's exactly. killing his people. He's killing, you know, killing. I actually, I, I'm, I don't say this to be modest because I'm not particularly modest, but I don't get very much right when I make a prediction. But I did say to a friend of mine, Last week, over a drink, I said, it won't be long now before they start saying that the Russians are, you know, driving around like, like the Dukes of Hazard in tanks, uh, deliberately running over Ukrainians um, just for the hell of it. And then I see this headline in the press in the last couple of days that they're rolling over people in tanks. So yep. I, I take it with a huge pinch of salt. I obviously do, because it, it is relentless. I've never, I honestly can say... They've done it before, our, our, our countries, the, the, the media in our countries, but I've never seen anything like this, these daily horror stories. And I'd right. like to think that some people, Ryan, would, would just, just begin to turn a little bit and say, 
oh, come on now, you're pulling my leg. I mean, they can't be that bad. Well, to, your, to that point exactly, Richie, I believe, I truly believe, now this is my opinion, just like it was around COVID, and I believe I've been shown to be right. I don't believe that everyone's, that the majority are buying this. I don't, I just don't. It's the same kind of uh, uh, false majority apparatus or media apparatus showing that false majority that we've seen from COVID and even before that. They were desperate to make sure that we believed that everybody bought it. And if you don't get that injection, you're the only one and you're killing people, yeah. right? We see now the majority did not buy that. Even the percentage is only over 50% because they threatened, attacked, fired, manipulated, and we all know that. So now this kind of just got rolled into into Ukraine. And the same thing is happening. And I truly do not believe that most people buy this, but they're, I mean, it doesn't matter at this point, does it? It didn't matter with COVID, it doesn't matter here, as long as they can point to a very vocal false majority while they're, and, and, you know, they're a minority, but they're calling them a majority and people that don't know that stand back and go, okay. And they don't express their opinion because they're told they're a conspiracy theorist. They don't, they want their neighbors to attack them because they're not waving the right flag. You know, you know how this works, but the, to, to go on to more point before we push past this, this discussion of, of what just happened here, another huge part of this is really upsetting to me to see how willful, willfully people are choosing a side politically, as opposed to looking at facts. Right. We know that this very same mayor openly came up on and said that they that Russia was out of this area on the 31st. They were gone. Right. And weirdly enough, didn't then speak about all the atrocities. So it's strange, isn't it? You confirm they're not there, but don't mention all the bad things that you mention a week That's later, or the days record. later. That's right. And the record, then yeah. even crazier. And this is where I find it. This is where it comes in where, oh, Russia said it, therefore fake without any due diligence. Russia speaks up and points out a lot of very valid points. OK, look at the images you're showing. Why aren't those bodies decomposed? Why is the blood fresh? Right. So if we you, you confirm we're gone on the 31st, yet days and, we, and almost a week later, you're telling me that this blood is still fresh. Like and, the, and the, the video, the images they're claiming are not from the 31st. Right. On top of that, what does Russia actually say when this, they're accused? Well, bring on the U.N. investigation. <laughs> When's the last time you heard the U.S. U.S. government say that no. the ICC accuses them of murder and they go, well, we'll attack your families. <laughs> right. It's quite a bit different, isn't it? When you see the way they respond now, sure, Russia could be saying that to hide behind it. But it's just it's it's hard to keep making up excuses to lean into one side without evidence, which is what the entire apparatus is doing. You're right about the uh, March 34th. That's on the record. It's there for anyone who wants to look at it. And, you know, if you're in a court of law and you were defending Russia, if you were the defence attorney, you'd be saying over and over and over again, but, Your Honour, they said that we were gone from the area um, a week ago. So so what the hell is going on? Ryan Christian is our guest, the last American vagabond. And, hey, Richie, I'm sorry, can I add one more point to of that? Of course you is, can, jump I in. hate that I even have to say this today, or in general, with the way our society is, but you do, and you know this. By saying all of that, in no way am I suggesting that this didn't happen. I don't know is the point, right? I think what the end of the that was to your main point, and I thought that yeah. was, should be clear to any thinking person. But on top of that, I'm not also I'm there, nor am I saying that Russia's not capable of this, or they wouldn't do this if they felt there was a strategic need. I think that any government is capable of this stuff, but we should demand evidence to carry out any kind of an action or even an accusation from a political level without you know without evidence. I mean, it's just we know this stuff though. That's, you're you're putting you're putting yourself in the place of any given news presenter or news anchor. You're quite right. These are the questions that Kay Burley in the UK and Wolf Blitzer and others in the United States should be asking, but of course they're not asking, and, and, and that's the point you're making. Uh, it's real journalism. Of course you don't know for a fact, and it's, it's honest to, uh, to, to say that. But there are a lot of holes 
in the story that need to be put to uh, the accusers need to be you know to be challenged. Show us the evidence. Something we can get rid of this one really quickly. Give me a very quick comment on something. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking over the last few days about twenty odd years of um, working in journalism. You know, in commercial radio and national radio producing and stuff. And over the years, we've come to use phrases like, well, the UK has said, or or China has said. And that got me thinking, you know, we, when I used to vote, you, you pick a candidate because the candidate says, you know, I'm going to clean up the town a bit. I'm going to get some more jobs for people. I'm going to fight a bit harder for your, for, for your rights. You know, I, I, I'm an old trade unionist, Ryan. So that's the sort of thing. And that's what people do. They vote for politicians who they think will give them an easier life. They don't vote for politicians to to do what they did to us during the COVID times. They don't vote for politicians to be going out and threatening Russia and threatening Syria and all of this stuff. And it's funny when you hear in the news, you know, the Chinese have said, you know, that um, they're not going to make any comment on Russia. But I'm thinking, well, hang on a second. There's a billion people there. The Chinese haven't said that. There's 67 million people living in the United Kingdom. We haven't said that it's okay to sanction Russian billionaires who might be bastards, but there's no proof they've had anything to do with the Ukraine invasion. It's not the UK. It's not China. It's not America has said. It's a bunch of lunatics. Yeah. And and even even further to that point, it's it's these are people that are represent i mean to, to your you wanted a short answer so the point ultimately i agree it's ridiculous and i I've, I've taken an effort in my work and and editing the other writers we have on the website to ultimately add that where where it's important you know not just the u.s but the u.s government yeah. or the israeli government or the uk government and make sure we're clear because they're very different things right the government is not are not the people of the country they're supposed to be working for you and i it, we fall into that trap very easily and you're right because whether we realize it or not we're representing that as the entirety versus when of course we discuss ourselves we, we have a nuance to it and we break it down well no that was the republican side versus them or like the equivalent to end the point is you know let's say lindsey graham gets up and says oh we should <laughs> is somebody gonna murder that president for us you know basic paraphrasing and yeah. of course the other part of the, if they want to do the same thing that should be the u.s government calls for russia to be assassinated but that's not how that should be purported right that's this one maniac saying that and we should do the same thing for these other governments but it's you know it's politics it's advantageous for them to do it so they do the last American Vagabond.com. Check it out, Ryan Christian, broadcaster. Just before I make my next point to you, remind our listeners the timing of your brilliant program, my friend. Well, that's hard. I, you know, the, the, the hard thing for me, and I know my audience is frustrated all, sometimes by it, but I, I tend to generally be between, you know, afternoon, like 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. to start sometime and tends to be between an hour and, and maybe three sometimes. But it's pretty sporadic. And it's really for me, what the short answer for me is simply that what I do every day is trying to catalog all the important things over the last couple of days. And if I try to put myself to a time frame, and I've done it before, I end up having to decide even more so what gets cut. And so what, what I allowed myself to do is just go, well, give me, I'll give myself a block of time to aim for. And that way I have a, a, a fluctuation where I can go, well, I just found this new story. I need to take another hour. And I, for those out there that want to know more specifically, join our Discord community because I give them updates throughout the day. You know, about a couple hours from now, I should be live and so on. But it's pretty up in the air. And that's on the website. So go to the Discord community on the website. UK timing, you're looking from about 7 p.m. UK time onwards, I, which is when I finish. 
Perfect. Um, so fantastic, wonderful stuff. Um, and thanks for doing it. It's it's ta- it's thankless and tireless work, I know. Yes. Um, yes. Is there any, we are going to talk a bit about COVID now and Pfizer in a moment. What do you think about these ideas? Some 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 people I think we, we mutually respect, they say we like them because they don't deal in absolutes either. They leave things open, you know. And they say, well, you know, the, this situation in Ukraine, it's definitely advancing the agendas that we've talked about for so many, you know, 100%. times over the years. So, so could it be that either consciously or subconsciously, members of the Russian government, maybe the president itself, are working towards this bloody agenda? I know it sounds very far-fetched. I'm not saying I believe it, but the mm-hmm. agenda is advancing, no doubt. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I don't think it's far-fetched at all. I mean, you know, this is where we fall into the same trap we were just discussing, and it's easy to do. And it could be the right answer to say that literally everybody on Russia is involved in the agenda. But there's there's different, you know, every oligarch, if you want to include them, which to your point before, I think they just seize somebody's yacht or something, and there's no evidence they're connected to any. They're just rich in Russia, so go after them. It's thuggery, right? But yeah. there's whether oligarchs or politicians or whatever you want to point that, you know, they all have different ties, different influence, different, maybe they have more connection to the World Economic Forum than anybody else, or, you know, whatever, and maybe have more investment in the larger agenda. Bottom line is, again, who ultimately knows... But at the end of the day, if you're just looking at what we have in front of us, I think it's pretty obvious that Putin, who it, who even name, I don't know why there's this dispute about this, uh, unless Klaus Schwab is lying about this on the record multiple <laughs> times. Putin has been a young global leader, right, under the World Economic Forum. He said that more than once in public settings. So that's there. Then you can see that there's been this investment around the COVID narrative, even from Russia, right, throughout this whole process. So it's obvious that they're invested to some degree. It could be wholeheartedly, as Catherine Austin Fitz points out. You know, it, it could be more of a more of a kind of a deviation where I, oh, I think it was Catherine. I'm, I might be misremembering who I was talking about this with, but that you know, Russia and China specifically, they're clearly invested in the greater agenda. Obviously, I think that's a no-brainer. That's my opinion, but I think the documents prove that. But then at the same time, it's clear that they're pushing back in some regard around these sort of like they don't want to lose their sovereignty to this global agenda, but they would love all of the power that comes along with it over their people. This is my point about any government, right? They want the, this top-down control from the technocracy, Great Reset. My, I mean, this is the, a wet dream for these governments. It's uh, China's proving that right now, you know? It's but horrendous, it, isn't it, what's happening in China? I mean, oh my oh, good God. God. The, the social credit and the, the scans, and you, you can't even get into your apartment buildings in some places without a high social credit score. I mean, it's just outrageous. But but then, of course, our U.S. governments and U.K. government, they're all about it. They, they would love that. But so the do you think is that, that sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Ryan, because we've heard, we've heard today that a child who tests positive in Shanghai is likely to be removed temporarily, but I mean, it's horrendous, from, from the parent. Do you think our governments would love to have that sort of power? Stupid oh, question, stupid 100%. question, right? I mean, that's, that's my opinion, you know, yeah. so take it for what you will, but I have no doubt. I mean, if, if, you, if, if history, even recent history, is any indication, they would love that power and they would frame it as best for your interest. We're protecting that child. We're protecting you from that child. We're protecting everybody from COVID. I mean, it's just however they want to frame it. But yes, that gives that person that group power and then they could abuse it or anybody individually could abuse it. I mean, why that kind of power would ever be given to any authority is beyond me. You you don't think that would be a red line because we, okay, we, we lament sometimes that people don't seem to, you know, pay attention to some very, very horrific things. We, 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 we lament that. We think, well, that should have woken them up. I kind of think if they began to say to people, 
you have to separate, like, you know, if they're taking asymptomatic people out of their homes in China and sending them to these kind of centres, that's bad enough. Then they're taking the children. I like to think that in the Western world, that might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. But then I think I'm naive, maybe. Well, no, I mean, it's again, it depends on whether or not we're, we're uh, capable of recognising that we already have a majority. Right. We need people to be not afraid to stand up and express that opinion, you know, make, you know, start. I mean, I, I genuinely think that protests and and, you know, uh, uh, I'm blanking on the word, you know, writing your names down on a list to show them we all agree on this and so on. Those things have an effect. But I, I do not believe that the governments care about those things. But it shows other people that we all agree. You know what I mean? Like the, the yellow vests really show people a lot, that could be, even though they tried to hide it. You know, that's that does have an effect and we need that. People and I, my point. The point is that if we recognize that that's happening and we all disagree with it collectively, well, yeah, that could be the straw that breaks the camel's back. But we've already seen. I mean, look at, for crying out loud. Look at what's happening in Australia, New Zealand. I mean, everywhere there's some huge red lines. Red lines in themselves should have been things like the the lockdown itself, yeah. right? And they just people didn't do it because they were told you're wrong. Everybody agrees this is for your safety, and so they doubt themselves. You know, so I would like to believe it would be. But it's, it's hard to know because people are still propagandized. And I even mean the people that see through it are still propagandized because they don't know they're the majority. That's a good point. Ryan Christian is our guest on Let's Stay With COVID. Pfizer thought they had certain documents locked away for 75 years. And then, thank God, a federal judge said, well, we'll just see about that. And some of them, the, the, the documents coming out, they've been startling, haven't they? in some yes. of the revelations. I mean, you're going to talk about a couple in a moment, but they've all grabbed me. But this one where they realised that adverse event reporting was getting so serious, they thought, well, we need to hire 1,800 people. Now, Ryan, I'd like our listeners for a moment just to imagine. 1,800 people, that is a massive call centre. That is huge. AOL had a call centre. Its, its, its global call centre was in Waterford City 20 years ago, believe it or not, in Ireland where I come from. That was a big call centre, 800 people. Some of the biggest insurance companies in the world are in the UK. They have call centres. I, I know this. I've, I've, I've looked it up. 900 to 1,000 people. <laughs> Pfizer thought we need to create the biggest call centre on the planet because the adverse events are coming in. And again, you smack yourself in the forehead and you think if only one mainstream news presenter on the BBC would do his or her job, this would over. This would be over in five minutes, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, they'll never be allowed to. They no. wouldn't be in that position if they were willing to do that, you know. And and th that speaks to manufacturing consent. That's the point about how so many of these people, and I'm not trying to defend them. I think they're e wrong because people like you are showing them things they're ignoring. But a lot of them don't realize that they're doing the wrong thing. They've been propagated. They've been socially engineered, brainwashed. I mean, this is legitimate stuff today. But to your point, it's. I mean, th this is one of the many. And and I can already tell you what they're going to say. It's easy. They already have the narrative in place. They're going to say this is about. A, I'll read directly from the document. It says Pfizer has also taken a mul multiple actions to help alleviate the large increase in adverse event reports. So this is not, this isn't debatable. People on Twitter are probably trying to dismiss this right out of the gate. Like it must be fake news. And that's what they do until it's proven. And then they go into why you're wrong still, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> right. But my point is that th this is about the reports. And what have they said the entire time? Well, theirs is unverifiable. It's not. It's complete. It's, it, it's not verifiable. We don't know for sure. So they're going to continue to say that it's a bunch of conspiracy theorists that are reporting this because they want it to be the case. Of course, without proving that, 
There's no due diligence about why we know that. So basically, if, even if you believe that our answer, you're taking it, you're accepting that they're willing to not look into it because it might be a bunch of conspiracy theorists. Like, I don't even understand how anybody honest and intelligent can buy that. That's my point about why I don't think most people are. But my, not to your point, though, really digest that out there listening to this. 800 people, and you get the, you get the context from Richie here. That's incredibly large. They're willing to hire all these people to investigate, they claim anyway, adverse event reports about their product. And yet this is continuing. They're emergency authorizing things for six months old and five-year-old multiple boosters. I mean, it, at the very least, we should know the answer to this question before that happens, right? But just this is a runaway train. Runaway train. There's some, you know, one of the things I love about you, your positivity, and uh, I know you're covering this. I know you're covering it. It's, it's lovely to see a little bit of positivity. The recently elected mayor of New York, to see him confronted by a lawyer. Uh, this is Eric Adams, of course. He was confronted yesterday by a lawyer who disguised herself as a reporter. Daniela Jampel is her name. And she said to him, you, you liar, you said you would take the masks away from toddlers, from babies, on April 4th, which was yesterday, and it hasn't happened. And of course, this bastard, excuse my language again, he said, oh, well, I said I, I would do it, but it would be dependent on cases. Anyway, she stood up to it and uh, the city has fired her. I know you know this, but um, it's, a, it's a bit of courage and we have to applaud that. Well done, her. Yeah, I mean, we absolutely have to. And this is the, <clears throat> this is the problem with where we are at the moment, like I said, a lot of the people out there and, you know, I get it. They've got families and jobs and obligations. And so people are afraid because they've already made it clear without saying it, right? You speak up, you're go we're going to go after you're you. Gone. You're going to lose your job. We're going to fire you. You're going to get canceled, right? And people that have even the smallest amount of obligation for their family are terrified and they should be because this is what's happening. I mean, I always reference Jensen because it's such an early example. You know, this is a guy that came out right early on. And of course, you know, Fox News and conservative and whatever they wanted to slant it as. And he was referencing valid, valid points. He's the for people that forget. He's the one that was first pointing out that there was a financial incentive, right? That they, if you put COVID on this list for whatever the valid reason you may want to argue, I'm not saying that there's not general reasons people may think it's the right choice. But if you did, if you wrote COVID, you got more money for it from the, from, you know, for the hospital, yeah. period. Yeah. Why would you not realize that could be abused? The point is, he said it. He got attacked for it. He lost his practice. He got attacked. I mean, it just that guy got dragged through the mud. And guess what? He's 100 percent right. And we all know that. And yet he's still I mean, and I'm glad it happened to a degree because now he's doing his own thing and he's still speaking out. Right. They made a martyr and a truther out of him, you know, and this is the point. But see, today, people know that. They're terrified to speak up because even though you're right, you'll still lose your job. I mean, it's pretty you simple. You could lose your job. And here in the UK, again, I know you know this, but some of our listeners might not know. But yesterday they added nine not pretty non-specific symptoms to the list of things that might be COVID, including, and here we are back again to, you know, just how gullible are people really, including feeling a bit more tired than usual, Ryan. I mean, <laughs> I'm an Irish guy, Ryan. I had a few drinks at the weekend. My 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 Irish friend was here from Ireland, staying with us. I was a bit tired yesterday. By that logic, you know, I should have a test. And of course, they introduced the nine. Sorry to interrupt you. You come back in, but but just before you do, they introduced these nine new symptoms, pretty much on the weekend, where they have said there are no more free tests available. So there are no more free tests. But they still want people to keep testing. So let's give them nine more reasons why they might take a test. It's so obvious, isn't it? Well, it's, I just find it to be so ridiculous that we're, I mean, we're at a point where 
they are continue. I mean, do you remember how many things were pushed out and tested, whether you want to look at it as them testing the water or, you know, whatever, floating out all kinds of things. Well, this or that, or it makes this happen. It makes your skin turn color. What about this? This could be COVID. I mean, and they just, just nonstop, right? And half of that, at the very least, was completely let alone. It didn't happen. It wasn't Nonsense. real. But yet, nonetheless, they put it out there, right? So, I mean, right now, you could list off literally every single symptom outside of, like, extreme. I mean, and who knows? Maybe we'll get there tomorrow, Things like your skin falling off or whatever, but you just general symptoms of literally anything that's out there and it falls under COVID, right? Especially <laughs> the ones they conflate with COVID. Don't miss that. Pneumonia, flu, all these things. Oh, da it's damn near the exact symptoms. Isn't that funny? Right. So the bottom line is you then get driven in as your to your point to get a test, which we know is rife with rampant false positives. Even they admit to a degree. Right. I mean, and then you get a test and you're told you're sick or whatever. And all this stuff goes down. And whether or not you take another test and that goes away, you're still you're still counted as a covid test. Right. You go in the hospital with a broken leg and get a test because you're there. Walk away without ever getting sick. Your leg is fixed. You go down as a covid hospitalization. That is literally anywhere. I've talked about this in UK and Scotland and the United States. How do we keep thinking this is real? I mean, it's just I don't mean what I mean, real, the, 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 the entire narrative. I, I'm do you know the worst of it? Do you know the worst of this? Um is that the, the, our Ivy League universities have actually done some pretty good work on it. I, again, you know this, Oxford University, they said last week or the week before, look, the, the death numbers may be fairly seriously overstated because, you know, we, we, we've, we've actually had 14 or 15 or even 16 different ways of assigning a COVID death. So yeah. this is the thing that really pisses me. I can't live with this, Ryan. I've been doing this too long. I can't live with the fact that the establishment, on some occasions, is actually telling the plebs we're bullshitting you. And yet the people are saying, give us more, give us more, give us more. Some, yeah, some. I think I think as long as they maintain a certain percentage, you know, that they represent as the majority, that's definitely the case. But this also speaks to the idea that at some level they need you to know what they're doing. And whether people, some people disagree with that. I generally have always seen that consistently throughout foreign policy or whatever else. There's a level of sort of like wanting your consent, right? Like, you know, here's quietly what we are actually doing, you know, whatever. Or, I mean, take this example. I mean, Newsweek, I think in the middle of, was it 2020 or the beginning of 2021? I forget. They, Newsweek came out a long time ago and just blew the lid off one of the stories that's been used to make children be concerned or you know use children as the kind of reason this keeps going. And they said, look, over 40% of child hospitalizations are not actually COVID-19. That's a fact. And the reason was exactly what I explained. People, kids would go in. And they, oh, well, we got to test you just to be sure with a false positive with te test with, I mean, Dr. Scoglio, PhD, has said upwards of 95% if they use over 40% cycle or 40 cycle threshold, yeah. which is what most people in this country are using. So you get a huge false positive rate. They then don't get sick. They that patch up the leg. They leave. And that goes as a hospitalization. That's, that's been exposed. Then it continued on. Even though they said that, even though that was shown to be the case, they kept going. And then they, there was more reports of, oh, my God, look at all the child deaths and look at all the child hospitalizations. We have to keep this going. And yeah. then another report came out and the same thing was found. Most of these, not even half, but most of them are actually COVID. But the, it, the narrative kept going. Like, and we get excited. And we get excited for a minute. Well, not us because we're too long in the tooth. But for a moment, you get excited thinking, great. The lid is blown off this, but it isn't. Here's an absolutely right. final question for you today. I was going to ask this, then I forgot, but Spiro has reminded me. Thanks, Spiro. It's a great question. What about Elon Musk becoming the main, <laughs> the major shareholder in Twitter? What should we read into that? I saw somebody in the independent media, a lady who, I think she's okay, actually, 
I can't remember her name now. I haven't interviewed her. But she said Musk seems to be more interested in free speech than some of his kind of compadres. Now, I'm not sure about that at all. What do you think? A quick comment on that. Yeah, well, Musk cares about Musk. That's the bottom. That's, that's, the, that's the first thing I've, I've all. I mean, if you think that he cares about anything that you care about, then you're just simply buying all of his trolling because he's a good troll. Let's be honest. He loves to and he is a master of taking literally any topic and inserting him as a central part of that conversation. Right. And he does it with all sorts of manipulations and lies and whatever else. And, you know, maybe he cares about free speech. I don't see any reason to accept that. I think what we do know is he's very much tapped into the Great Reset sort of yeah. direction, isn't he? With his brain interface chips and on and on. Like, who knows how it's going to end up? We should admit that we don't know. The bottom line is he is the last person that would indicate to me that there's going to be some kind of a change. And if you don't mind, one last thing I wanted to add for go that ahead. Russia point that I was saying before, before we finish up, is that I, I think to, to go back to the World Economic Forum connection, I won't be able to know that there's a, there's valid reasons to be concerned about how possibly, and it no way means that the Donbass people have not been ethnically cleansed for eight years or that Ukraine is not, the people of Ukraine are not suffering at the hands, in my opinion, of the Ukrainian government. But ultimately, it means that some of this could have been used and possibly even legitimately taken place to possibly cover up that larger connection. I don't necessarily think that, but I think we should consider that, that Russia and, and the actions they're taking to your, fin- your point and the final point here is the, everything that's leading and happening from Ukraine is exacerbating the same problems. The, 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 the infrastructure, food supply infrastructure, or you know, the food supply lines, it's all leading in the same direction. So whether that's by accident or whatever, it's kind of hard to miss. I just want people to think about that. Folks, You, if you're in the UK, from about 7pm to about 9pm, that's when you'll catch Ryan and his programme. Go to thelastamericanvagabond.com for more details on that. And you said sign up to what? On the website where they'll... Oh, uh, well, just check out the Discord community. Discord community. For those community. who are familiar with it, just search Discord. and Go to Discord and search Last American Vagabond. Hopefully it pops up. Uh, I do have a link on my website as well on the sidebar. It's on the homepage. Great work, mate. Thanks for coming back on and please come back on again soon. I always love speaking to you. Thanks, Ryan. Always a pleasure, Richie. Thank you. Ryan Christian, The Last American Vagabond. Top man, thelastamericanvagabond.com. The time is uh, coming up for a minute past six. It's The Richie Allen Show. It is, of course, live from Salford here in the great northwest of the UK. Ask not what the BBG can do for you, but what you can do for the BBG. Support The Richie Allen Show now at richieallen.co.uk. Richard Kelly says Musk is a twit. Yes. I can't argue with that. Clifton says, Richie, I would highly recommend the book Pandemia by Alex Berenson or Berenson. It's excellent, says Clifton. Thanks for that, Clifton. You're not the first. No, maybe you are the first person. Yeah, maybe. It's kind, It rings a bell that I haven't read it. Anyway, William says, speaking of the COVID symptoms, they've added another one today. Breathing, says William. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, thanks to Pandora for the kind words as well. Thanks to Chris, uh, to Pod Save England. There's so many comments. Get in touch with one another. There's good debates going on. I like that. On the on, on the website, richieallen.co.uk. There's about 6,000 active members of the website now. That's nice, isn't it? 6,000 people who have opened accounts on the website. Hey, listen, let me just tell you, just in case you're wondering, um, we... Uh, when I say we, there's just me and, uh, and my pal Hayden. Uh, the Richie Allen Show doesn't do anything with your data. You know this anyway, but I'm just telling you. Not that you give me any data, but, uh, but we don't. In case you've ever wondered that. No, God, no, we don't, you know. Your data is your data. But um, yeah, around 6,000 people have signed up in the last uh, 18 months or so. And that's good. Thank you. 
Good stuff. And we've hardly had any issues at all, really, have we, in that time. We've had one or two head the balls, but they've generally tended to just disappear, gone their own way. But that's okay, anyway. Acker says Radio 4 morning serial daily programme on Putin is so overwhelmingly demonising him, I started to feel sorry for him, even having followed Anatoly Golitsyn and Christopher Story of Perestroika Deception fame. Why did they make him out to be KGB when much more uh, GRU military intelligence? Acker, I don't know. But what Ryan said about him, the global leader thing, yes, he, he, he did do all of that. He did do all of that. It's um, coming up for three minutes past six. Maria Heller will be on the line live. Live. In a couple of minutes. Dazaragi says, Richie, given the terrible events in Shanghai, could you give a shout out to China's most famous Irish citizen, Paddy Fields? Very good. (laughs) Paddy Fields. I love that. That sounds like a Bernard Manning gag. It might not be, though. It might not be. Yes, the Richie Allen show, then. There's nothing like it. You can't touch this. This is MC Hammer. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Back with Maria in two minutes. You can't touch this. Minutes past the air. Thanks for all the comments. And there is a lot of excitement around BBG Towers today at the return of an old and dear friend to the programme. You know, this lady, basically, this is a fact now. It's one of those great facts. I think responsible for the first podcast on the interweb, on the internet. That's a wonderful thing. And there isn't anyone in independent media circles that she hasn't interviewed in more than two decades of journalism. And before that, of course, she worked on radio in New York and and, and elsewhere. Old school, although she might say not so much of the old. Um, check her out at Maria, that's M-E-R-I-A dot net. Subscribe to her brilliant programme. It's about bloody time we welcomed back my old pal, Maria Heller. How are you doing, Maria? I'm doing good, Richie. It's so good to be back. It feels like a year since I talked to you. I reckon it is about a year. And I I don't do, you know, bullshit like, oh, you know, it's just one of those things. What it is, is you're you're like, don't take this the wrong way now. You're like a comfortable pair of slippers. I've known you for years. I love you. You're always there, you know. And I think sometimes you take people for granted like that. And you think, yeah, I'll get Marie on now in a couple of weeks' time. And then it just doesn't happen. To be honest with you, I used to do for a long time two interviews a show. And then for a bit, I scaled it back a little bit to just one and uh, and more news. But um, no, it's great that you're back. It's great to have you back on and get your perspective on what's been going on. And just before we hear from Maria, my endorsement of her programme is genuine. It's terrific. Not that she needs me to uh, endorse it. And uh, my God, you have interviewed... Um, pretty much everybody uh, since day one. Some of them, you know, great men and women, sadly no longer with us. I wonder what they would make of the way things are going, the dystopian, you know, sickening, Orwellian way things are going, Marie. Nothing has improved since we last spoke. I know, everything's gotten worse. You know, I think about that too. I think about some of my co-hosts that are no longer alive. And... uh I kind of miss the laughs that we would be having on what's going on now. 
Uh, but I also miss their expertise. You know, people like Bob Chapman with the, you know, uh, who put out an economic bulletin all the time. And then, of course, Dave McGowan, I'm sure he's laughing wherever he yeah. is out in the spirit world. Uh, and uh, it's rough. But on, on a good news note, one of my favorite old co-hosts, Jack Blood, has decided to come out of retirement after five years. Fantastic. So uh, right after this, Jack and I will be doing a show. So I think everybody needs a break. Do you know what I mean? I don't blame people for taking a break from doing this. For some reason, I'm not built that way. So I'm just, I just keep going. I mean, in, Ju- in July, it'll be 23 years. Uh, because I keep waiting for things to get better. So I could take a break, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. Well, let me ask you this. I've never asked you this before, but the last two years and a bit, I think have been the hardest on people who make professionally produced daily content because you've been effectively, I'm not saying you have because... But I suppose to a large degree you have. We've all been speaking about, writing about and talking about the same thing. And that can get you down. I had a moment, a couple of moments where I really couldn't stand it anymore. Have you not had a period like that at all? I've had plenty. I mean, you know, I get to the point where I say, what's the point in continuing to do this? I've already covered this. I warned people of this 20, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, and, and it's it's very disheartening to see that the things I was talking about many years before, even before I did radio, uh, environmentally, every other way, uh, conspiracies, whatever, you know, you talk about those things way in advance to hope with the hope that people will wake up and not make it happen. And stand in the way of it. But, exactly. But it, to, to, well, I was speaking to uh, Ryan Christian previously, and we were talking about this thing that's happening. He, he said something interesting to me. I'll ask you about it. He said that, I asked him why, you know, for example, Oxford University came out last week and said that, you know, they're overstating the COVID deaths and, and they've been doing it since since day one. And I wondered why they would do that, why they would give some of the game away. And Ryan said that they've always done that. They've always revealed a bit of themselves, you know, throughout the agendas. Do you agree with that? And why would they give you a little clue as to what's going on? Well, I think that they've probably been uh, overstated in some cases, understated in others. The bottom line is whether it's COVID, whether it's inflation, whether it's the war, uh, these people have to continually keep us in a state of fear. Otherwise, their game is over. So it's fear, fear, fear fear all the time, or or as Jack Blood calls it, fear porn. Uh, You know, now they're, you know, warning us of another, another wave of a different kind of COVID, but I've read a lot about it. And it just seems like this new wave might just be a result of the vaccines. Uh, so, you know, I did start reading uh, Bobby Kennedy's book on the real Anthony Fauci. And if everybody out there has not read it, all I can tell you is if you just read the introduction, your mind will be blown. Now, before um, I want to hear a bit more about this, a great friend of mine in, in Ireland who was with me at the weekend uh, and has gone back to Ireland, she's read the book and recommends it highly. 
why why mind blown in the introduction? What sort of things is um, RFK Jr. getting into? Well, you know, he's getting into the truth. He gets into, you know, Bill Gates' connection, you know, uh, uh, Fauci's connection with the pharmaceutical industries, with the three, you know, the alphabet agencies that he's connected to, all of which are all on the same payroll. Uh, the studies that uh, on ivermectin, the studies on remdesivir. Uh, you know, I happen to personally know four people who got COVID, their doctors gave them ivermectin and they were better in three days. In three and days? Yesterday, when I read the news, they put out a bulletin, oh, new study shows that ivermectin is ineffective. Amazing. Uh, so when you look at it, so listen, in America, we have medicine for profit, and that's why no one ever gets better. Well, a mutual friend of ours wrote a great book, The Medical Mafia, Ghislaine Langto, uh, the great Guy from, from, uh, from, French, from French Canada. I nearly said French Canada. Now, I'm not saying this to get the rice out of you, because I love you, and I agree with you on... On um, when it, I agree with your characterization of Donald Trump, the former president. We've never disagreed on on Trump. What a clown! However, right. however, the Donald, to his credit, it must be said, and I know you will acknowledge this because you're a proper journalist. He did say from the outset that we should be using hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Looking back, what do you think of that now, knowing what you know? Well, I think you know a little information. Uh, a little information is great. I, I wish he would have, you know, uh, put some of these studies out there. But you have to remember, uh, Fauci's been in, in power for decades. And for him to go against, you know, the God that most American thinks doctors are anyway, they think they're gods, uh, was pretty rough. You know, I think that he shot himself in the foot when he started with the, you know, let's inject bleach, what could happen. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when he went to the hospital with COVID, I'm sure they used everything they had to keep him alive because he knew he was close to death. He yeah. actually asked, am I dying? He had a bad uh, dose of it. Trump, you believe that he was really ill? Yes, I do. Because yes, uh, I do. It was very evident when he got home and he gave that speech on his veranda where he whipped off his mask and he could barely breathe, let alone talk. Yeah. Um uh, but listen, the rich always have cures for themselves, just like cancer. You look at how many rich people, they could have brain cancer. You know, I think about Jimmy Carter, uh, a lot of politicians. And all of a sudden, you know, some of the Kennedys, all of a sudden, every, they're all better. OK. And yet, you know, while everybody was in a big rush to make a, a vaccine, which I don't consider uh, these true vaccines, their experiment, experiments being done on Americans and the world. Um, there are, you know, why haven't they figured cancer out? All right. Cancer has been around since I can remember, since yeah. I was a little girl. Uh, and I can give you the answer. It's a big moneymaker. What do you think the likes of the wealthy elites, have you any clue as to what they might be taking to prevent them from dying from cancer? Well, you know, uh, uh, there are, I'm sure, a lot of cures that are being suppressed because of the wealthy elites are basically the ones making the money off the disease. Uh, but I've worked with just some natural formulas that have helped people with cancer, uh, that have helped people with, you know, tumors. 
Uh, and, you know, if I'm aware of that, and of course these products have been suppressed in the United States, uh, then they're aware of it. But, you know, make no mistake about it. These people, I mean, just look at your queen, okay? You tell me how this woman is still alive. Might be on her last legs now, though. And I don't well, want, I, yeah. I made that prediction when her husband died. I said she won't be around long. Looking like uh, withdrawing from public life and using a wheelchair. It's not a good sign. I wouldn't have imagined it at 96. But yeah, they do live very long. Exactly. Even when you look at some of these top uh, celebrities, you know, <laughs> every now and then out of curiosity, I like to look on YouTube. What celebrities or movie stars are over 100? There's plenty of them. OK, um, you know, even when, you know, you look at Betty White, OK, she was 99 years old. When you have money in America, you get the best medical treatment. And when you don't, they send you home with an aspirin to die. Maria Heller is our guest. net. I don't need to tell you that. It's uh, 18 minutes past uh, the hour. So much has come into my mind now, just listening, just listening back to that. Um, on the... On the COVID thing, let me get a couple of quick opinions from you then. Um, There are many people, and I know you don't pull any punches, so before you pull your uh, punches, before you throw your punches, I should say, (laughs) I don't believe they're all idiots. I like many of these people. Some of my longest standing contacts, and they don't say these things lightly, they're still not convinced that COVID itself actually existed. Now, how do you, when you hear, now listen, I'm not saying that for a minute. I think I might have had the bloody thing. But um, to be fair to those people, because every opinion should be heard, what do you think of that? I know you've heard this. Is there any, any credence to it at all? Well, I think that myself, to tell you the truth. Um, when you look at the SARS virus, it's been around for years. This is just another variation of it. And, you know, how do they know the difference between whether you have COVID, whether you have the flu, whether you have pneumonia? And I'm sure a lot of those deaths have all been clumped in and blamed on COVID to force people to participate in the experimental drug that they're injecting into people, which I think is for nefarious reasons. And you said that you think that variants and, you know, if if a variant comes along, and it's a bit more hostile for people. It might be the jabs causing the variant. If COVID Absolutely. exists, I, why not? Uh, they don't know what the hell they're doing. All I know is that Pfizer here in the states, uh, Pfizer started losing money because a lot of people started rejecting the booster shots. Yeah, same here. So now they came out with, well, now we have this new variant, so you have to get the booster shot, and it's all about. It's all about profit. It's not about healing or curing anybody. I mean, had they gone with, from what I know, and I'm not a scientist or a genius by any means, uh, but had they given people the treatment of ivermectin, made that available, hydroxychloroquine, which saved my sister's life, okay, um, we would have prevented so much more. But in this country the FDA and all the rest of them up all the way up to Fauci, they weren't going to do that because they had long time invested in developing these mRNA shots. Yeah. 
and they weren't going. It's never about saving our lives. And I have said this for a million years. The only thing I trust any government to do is kill its to own people. They're trying to kill you. Now, you, I know you're not deliberately contradicting yourself. I know you're not. Uh, and I know, I know you always leave room for doubt. So you said that you're kind of thinking that maybe COVID itself doesn't exist. And yet your sister was saved by ivermectin. What right. what might have been going around then? A very bad flu? A very bad bronchial uh, pneumonia? I, I think a very bad flu. Right. Uh, because before this started, you know, I live in a small mountain town and we're probably about 15,000 people. Uh, a year before COVID supposedly started, my doctor told me we've been treating people for that since last year. This is nothing new. Right. It came through our town a year ago. This was at the beginning of COVID. Uh, another one of my doctors told me not to take the shot. He said they won't even tell us what's in it. Um, so depending on, <clears throat> in America, depending on what hospital your doctors are associated with, uh, you may be allowed to give the alternative treatments but in some, the doctors are actually banned from using it. So what happened in my little town is a lot of people that worked at the hospital, urgent care, quit their jobs because some of the nurses said the only people we've been treating are people that have been vaccinated. So they were not uh, acceptable or agreeable to getting the vaccine themselves, and they quit their jobs. So now we have understaffed hospitals, urgent cares, et cetera, because think of all the other diseases and ailments people have, and they have no access to the doctors because everything is COVID, you know, COVID, 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 that's priority. Can I ask you something but, on that? With uh -huh. the, the co sorry to interrupt you in your prime. I don't like to do that, but... That's okay. No, but it's important because here, today it was announced in the UK that for the first time in years, outcomes against cancer might start to regress in other words, that people are less likely to do better if they get cancer. And this is because everything was dropped for COVID in the last two years. Is, yes, is that, is that your experience in, in Arizona yes, and in America? that's my point. Yeah. People that have cancer weren't able to get their treatments. People with diabetes weren't able to get into their doctors. I mean, there's a million other diseases. Yeah. And for some reason, you know, this took priority. You know, in the States here, we have more people dying of drug overdose than we do of, of COVID. And that's going uh, But to listen, increase. it's everybody's choice. If you trust your government, if you trust your doctor, uh, you know, do what you want to do. You want to get the shot and go right ahead. You know, my best friend who already had heart disease uh, was terrified into going to get the shot. And after he got the first shot, it was probably two weeks later, he had a heart attack. And <clears throat> a month or two later, you go back for the second shot. And like an idiot, he went back for the second shot. And boom, same thing happened. He had another heart attack. He doesn't make the connection. People won't make the connection. Although he has strongly said that he will absolutely not take a booster shot. So he's finished now. He won't have another one. At least there's that. A family member of mine, I can't believe I'm saying this on air, but I am. I like, you know, I generally tend to keep my private business private. But um, it's important, I suppose, to say these things. One of my family members, who's a bit older, has had three 
and recently has developed some, you know, pretty worrying breathing problems. Mm-hmm. And um, right. and that family member, who I'm not going to say who it is, has uh, is still reluctant to acknowledge that it could be the jabs because my family member's doctor is saying, oh, no, it's not the jabs. It's not the jabs. And even though we've said to the family member, well, of course the doctor is going to say it isn't the jabs because the mm. doctor has got some culpability or some liability. Now, hopefully it'll be okay for my family member. Um, All right. Th- that person well, will listen, not take I've another I've always one. said this, Richie, about yeah. medicine. You fix one thing and you break two others. Yeah. Okay. Years ago, uh, before I became a vegetarian, I had a serious thyroid problem. And I was on medication for that uh, for 13 years, as a matter of fact. And then postmenopausal, I go for my blood work. I was two years now a vegetarian. My doctor said, you don't need your medicine anymore, Marie. Your thyroid's working. When I told him the only thing I did was change my diet, he blew it off. How interesting. He blew but it as off. as a result of being on that medication, I developed something called Graves' disease. Well, that's the one where your thyroid goes really whacked and your eyes, like, pop out. You know, not right. they don't fall out, they just pop out, right? And none of the doctors in my area knew what the hell it was, so I went to the Mayo Clinic. And as soon as the doctor walked in the door, from 15 feet away, Richie, he looked at me, pointed, and said, you have Graves' disease. And then he asked me the most important question. He said, did you ever take Synthroid? No thyroid. He knew. And I said, yes, I took it for 13 years. He said, that's what caused this. It was crap. That's when I said, so you guys fix one thing and break two others. Yeah, I mean, anything you take, you look at the list of ingredients and then you look at the possible side effects, even if it's just a a tablet for a headache. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's six, seven, eight, nine, ten lines of things that you might come down with just because you're taking their medicine. Maria Heller is our guest, uh, live from Arizona. The Maria Heller show, you can't miss it, M-E-R-I-A dot net. Um, been speaking with Maria for many, many years, 23 years making her program. Uh, things are getting crazy. They're going from bad to worse, maybe. Loads of questions for you, all very interesting from our dear listeners. And one of them is, and this... We'll take this in the spirit it's meant. I don't think it's meant to laugh at a man who's, um, you know, who's in his advancing years. But is Joe Biden, not that it matters because they're all bloody controlled anyway, but is he fit to to uh, to hold office, medically fit? He doesn't look well, does he? Well, you know, I mean, listen, the guy's 80 years old. Yeah, which isn't uh, old, old. He's 80, he's lean. Uh, he rides his bicycle, which, you know, Trump makes fun of because he believes exercise kills you sooner. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I think that he's not as fit as he could have been, uh, maybe mentally. Uh, Because you get to a certain age, listen, I'm not 80 yet, okay? But I get forgetful, you know? And I honestly can tell you, even though I work out and everything... I don't have the physical strength I used to have. Yeah. And when you look at, you know, Trump's no spring chicken either. We've got nothing but, you know, male, pale and stale P members of Congress. 
they're all pushing 90. Uh, this is not a job for anybody but a young man. I mean, just look at Obama. He was fairly young when he became president, but he looked like he aged 10 years in the time he was in office. And why is that? You and I, I think, share this idea that they're controlled, these people. Is it because, don't laugh at this now, do you think guys like Obama, Trump, Clinton, Bill Clinton, evil incarnate, but do you think that during their time, they live in fear, maybe, of those who, in fear of those who gave them what they needed to get to the White House, those who controlled them? Is fear well, a big part I don't of it? doubt that some of it's fear, but yeah. I would think the stress level and horror. is off the I get stressed out when my internet goes down and I can't <laughs> do my show. <laughs> I'm yeah. not running, the, you know, the supposed free country of America. Yeah. Uh, but they're it's not a huge either. Job yeah, but they're I, not I either. It's a job for young people. If if they actually do run the country, but I don't believe oh, yeah. they've ever and then run. they have the pressure from the people behind the curtains. You know, I always That's think it. about yeah. Jimmy Carter when he got elected. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Carter thought that he got elected until his cabinet was picked for him. Right. And it was all members of the CFR. You see, Trump so, is um Trump is a is this uh, this is my opinion of Trump. And and it isn't because CNN told me to think like this. It isn't because the BBC told me. This is my opinion of him. I've known about Trump long before he got into politics. My personal opinion of him is is that he's a dirty, sleazy bastard. Um, there's no doubt he's abused women, um, and maybe worse than that. But park it for a minute about Trump. I believe that the things Trump was saying on the stump I believe he believed those things. I believe that he thought, yeah, I'll get in there. I will stop American interference in countries overseas. You know, I'll try and get some jobs uh, back to the country. I'll try and get us to be more dependent on, on our own manufacturing. All of that stuff. I like to believe that he believed. And this is my theory. I, th- I think that when push came to shove and this guy who we don't like ends up in the White House, I don't say this for a joke. They show him the Sapruder film. Now, maybe maybe they don't, but something like that. They say, right, son, um, we're running things now. This is how it's going to be. What do you think? Well, listen, I've, I, don't, I can count all the elections that I've witnessed in this country in my life, okay? Many of them, So yeah. we'll start with, uh, you know, Eisenhower. Okay, I was born right before Eisenhower uh, was president, but he was president when I was a kid in school. And ever since Eisenhower, so count up how many different presidential people we had running, they all make the same promises and none of them deliver. No. None of them. Things get worse. Biden was going to do this, that, the other thing. And then he realized that once again, he's shut down by the Republican Party the same way they shut down Obama. And when you look at the politicians on both sides of the aisle and you trace, you know, how these people become multimillionaires on a seven hundred thousand dollar or whatever the hell they are pitiful. I think they make one hundred seventy four thousand dollars a year in Congress. How do they become multimillionaires? Yeah, good question. But you said something there I want to pick you up on. You said Obama gets in and he can't get stuff done because of the Republicans. I don't buy that. I'll tell you why. You and I spoke at the time 
about the horrors of Libya, the no-fly zone over Libya. Now, Obama's fingerprints are all over that. The mm. lies that were told about Gaddafi. Clinton, right. we came, we saw he died. These are monsters. You can't blame the Republican Party for that. Well, you know, when you have Mitch McConnell, who said, and people can YouTube it, who said that his job was to block anything that Obama wanted to do. Mitch McConnell has now also said that his job is to block anything that Joe Biden wants to do. Right. Mitch McConnell also said that he's voting against the first black woman justice on the Supreme Court. Uh, your hands are tied, you know, and they're tied in the front of the scene and behind, and behind. the scene. But you're dodging People the question, my great friend. It's corporatocracy here. You're dodging Our the question, my great friend. run by corporations. Sorry to interrupt, and then I'm going to shut up and get out of your way. You are okay. dodging the question, my very clever, learned friend. Uh, maybe I'm not understanding the no, question. No, no. The, the intervention in Libya, that was Obama's right. decision. That had nothing to do with the Republican Party. He couldn't blame Mitch McConnell for choosing to right. impose a no-fly right. zone. right. Well, I'm not saying they don't, you know, individually listen. Obama was okay with what was going on in Yemen. Trump yeah. was okay with continuing the war in Yemen. Yes. And Biden is okay with continuing the war in Yemen, where the people are literally starving to death. Yeah, and nobody cares. And nobody cares. Nobody talks about it. Uh, you know, everything, of course, is today, you know, the Ukraine, uh, Russia, uh, China, it's almost as though the mass media is salivating over the chance of pushing World War III. Is that what you think is going on? Before we talk about that and, and World War III, I'm going to tell you, I don't know what's going on in Ukraine. I'll tell you what I th very briefly what I think, and then I'll get uh -huh. out of your way, because the listeners know what I think. They want to hear what you think. Um we know that Russia has historical grievances with NATO. We know that. And mm -hmm. we know that um, Victoria Newland and John Kerry oversaw a coup in Ukraine in 2014. We know that. We, right. know, we know that Zelensky is not a nice guy, that before the war, he was making things a bit authoritarian in Ukraine. He was shutting down opposition parties. He was going after the media that didn't like him. We know all that. That being said, it is obviously wrong for Russia to roll tanks into Ukraine and to begin firing on cities. It is wrong. Nobody is right when it comes to war. I just don't know what the bloody hell is going on. Why now? What does it mean? Have you any inkling as to why now? Uh, I got to tell you, uh, as soon as, isn't it interesting, Richie, that as soon as this war began, all of a sudden COVID went away. Yeah. That's true. They dropped all the lockdowns. They dropped all the requirements for masks, social distancing, went away. Because now they had a new fear to throw at us. But now that the war has been dragging on for a while, they're starting again. Maybe that's not enough fear because a lot of people really don't care about that war. You know, most Americans don't care. Okay. It's not happening here, so they don't care. Uh, let's throw the COVID out again. I don't know what what they're going to throw at us next. You know, uh, you know, spaceships, uh, aliens trying to kill us all. I mean, they'll find something. Can we stay with that? Hang on, this is brilliant. Maria Heller is our guest, live from Arizona. Let's stay with that because you, um, when I say you're bright, I don't do that to uh, you know to to kiss your butt, as it were. You are very, very bright and very shrewd, and you're open minded. 
And I'm saying that as a preamble because good friends of mine think that some fake alien invasion might be part of the future. Now, I'm very open-minded. I laugh at nothing because uh, what do I know? I've been proven wrong so many times. But I, I do find that I'm incredulous when I hear that. I think, would they really try to fake a fa- you know, an alien? And you think it might be possible? Listen, these people, you have to understand, are evil to the bone. They are soulless. They have no soul. They don't care about anybody but themselves and their quest for power. So think about, you know, I mean, holograms have been around for a long time. You know, when I was young, I went to the museum, the Smithsonian in, uh, in D.C., and I, I saw, and this was, oh God, I want to say 40 years ago, very realistic holograms, okay? Little towns with people moving around and all kinds of things. Well, what if they decide to throw holograms up in the sky? Yeah. You know, duplicating either, you know, an invasion or, you know, Jesus Christ himself. Do you know what I mean? You know, how people will believe that statues' eyes bleed and all this other stuff. The majority of people would very easily go into total state of fear and panic, even though we know that our governments have been in communication with these alien beings and benefiting from their relationships, trading off whoever they want to, you know, abduct of us. Uh, and I think about that old guy, the member of parliament in Canada, who exposed all of that. Oh, yeah. I can't remember his name. Well, well, right. well remembered. Yeah. So... Who knows if these people are even human? Because to me, there's no no human qualities about them. They, they're incapable of love. They're incapable of empathy. Uh, you know, you look at their eyes and their eyes are blank. Uh, so who knows? Okay, who knows? Like my mother used to say, what evil lurks in the hearts of men? Yeah, yeah, because they were old pals. Uh, yeah, but I would put nothing past them, honestly. Nothing, nothing at all. The late, great Jim Mars, God rest him, Jim used to yeah, talk about this. You, of course you do. You, you knew Jim long before I did. Great man. And, and we would talk about, you know, predictive programming. That's why we saw so many alien films throughout the history of film. But, but also the possibility that they might try and fake one. And I would ask Jim, well, why would they do that, Jim? And he would say, well, it could be to create a new religion. That's a global religion, maybe, that everybody would flock to to this. Or just to just to go back to one of your points earlier, to scare the uh, living bejesus out of everybody. Right. So when compliant. you look at predictive programming, outside of E.T., most of the time aliens are uh, presented as dangerous or they're just coming here to kill us. I would say the reason they don't land here is because we're doing a good enough job killing them <laughs> yeah, ourselves. Right. And they must say, what kind of idiots are on this planet? Yeah. This is like, you know, I think our planet is a Jerry Springer show for the rest of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So the Earth has been turned into a great big flat screen TV. That will get the flat earthers excited. Um, a great <laughs> big television. And celestial beings are watching our insanity eating popcorn. So, do you know well, what? There might be some it. truth in that. Out there. If you were a, yeah. high, a highly developed species from some other galaxy, okay? Yeah. And you said, I'm going to go check on what's going on on Earth since 1850, see if anything changed. And you, you arrive in 1950 and you see nothing's changed. And then you come back in the year you know, 2020 and see nothing's changed. Would you land here? No. 
I used to fantasise about more advanced civilizations coming to Earth as um, for, for, for a holiday, like tourism, you know. I used to right. think, well, if you were on a planet in another galaxy or in another star system and you've been around for longer than we have, you know, it would be interesting to come and see, well, look, this is how we used to be five million or 10 or 20 million or 100 million years ago. Um, we've talked about these things before, you know, interdimensional beings, because we often, when we think extraterrestrials, we think other planets miles away, but what we, not, I'm not speaking about you, but, but I think most people don't, they forget to, to, to think about the fact these things might be happening interdimensionally, like they might be around us all the time, but we just can't see them. That's something that fascinates me. Right. Well, you know, you've got a great a great writer and channeler right in the UK. His name is Michael Rakia. And I have had him on my show for the past 12 years, uh, every other month. His spiritual knowledge and the books that he puts out are off the charts. You would probably love his work yeah. because he's direct and he gives direct answers. Uh, instead up. of, you know, I don't know if you remember years ago when those books came out, uh, Jesus, they became such a big hit, Conversations with God. Yes, I remember. Yeah. Okay, and I read them and I was like, this guy never answers the question, okay? It's just a lot of gobbledygook with no real answers. And yet he became super rich, I'm sure, off those series. And then Michael had sent me uh, one of his books, and the minute I read it, I said, wow, this all rings true. But what I love is he answers the questions. Oh, we'll he doesn't dig around. He just says, here it is. Uh, as a matter of fact, Michael will be on my show again tomorrow. Uh, so you guys got a treasure in the UK. Uh, and uh, his site is, I believe, josephspeaks.com. And I don't usually go in for channeled material, but there was nothing I could argue with in his books. And to hear him, go to mariamorie.net, check out Maria's program, The Maria Heller Show. I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll have a look at them. Maybe, maybe you can connect us and we'll have a Absolutely. chat with him on this program. Yeah. That'll be fantastic. He's a, he's a, he's a treasure. Uh, but, uh, and I don't, I don't ever drop his shows from my archives. Wow. So there's plenty of information in there. You know, you know as well as I do, I have done probably at least 7,000 shows. It's amazing there's to no me. There's no way I could keep 7,000 <laughs> hours on my server. No, it's expensive. No, I understand that. So I'm very, uh, I'm very careful who I leave there, who I don't. I mean, there, there are shows there that will always be there. Eustace Mullins. I mean, very few people ever got a chance to, to interview Eustace. And I got to interview him twice on his book uh, about the Federal Reserve. Uh, you know, different movie stars, Gore Vidal on stolen elections. Okay. I think I interviewed him way back in maybe 2000, 2001. Uh, you know, people that are off the planet, you know, no one else is going to get to talk to them. Howard Zinn. I was blessed to have Howard Zinn on my show three times and I'll never drop those. Uh, so I don't want anybody that's been on my show listening who realizes your show's not there anymore to take it personal. Unless, of course, you want to pay my bill for my server. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But every now and then, my web guy's like, you got to drop some shows. It's taken too long to back up your site. Uh, so I have to do that. 
um, just not not to dwell on this because we've only got seven minutes left and I want to ask you about something else before we do wind it up today. But what about external storage? You know, you know, these cards that have, you know, 500 gigabytes on them. Um, have you th- thought of that, you know, getting hard copies of the shows? Well, listen, I have <laughs> too many. I have 266 DVDs wow. filled have with you? every show I've ever done. Amazing. I have a box full of cassette tapes for all the radio shows I did. All the New York radio, radio shows. Yeah. For, you know, a year and a half. Uh, those are my treasures, okay? And uh, it's just a question of who do I leave them to when I leave the planet that'll put them out there. That will put them out there, yeah. Because somewhere in amongst all of that archived material, I think, is the truth, the answer to the question, why are we here? It's in the Maria Heller archive, people. <laughs> Get in there and go through it. <laughs> why with are we here? What come. the hell's going on? And <laughs> let's remember to never come back here. Let me ask you this in the five minutes we have left. I know you're a very spiritual human being. And I know you can, You you grew up in a family of churchgoers. I know that. We talked about this before. Um, are we going to be okay, do you think? Well, you mean here on the planet or when we leave? No, here. Our, us in the physical realm, while we're here, are we... I think we're in dire straits. You know, I can't lie. You know, I, I just can't. Environmentally alone, we're killing ourselves. No doubt. 99% of the air or breathe around the world is polluted. It's toxic, yeah. Uh, here in the United States... Um, 50% of all our waterways are too polluted for swimming or for drinking. Is it 50%? Is it really 50%? Well, uh, in one place, I had it yesterday, uh, it was 90%. So it depends on where you are. Then you look at the ocean, which is totally filthy, uh, and burping methane. You see the change in the temperature in the ocean because we use it as a as a toilet and as a garbage dump, uh, killing off a lot of species in the oceans. You know, here in, in America, we're losing the manatees without question, uh, dolphins, etc. cetera. Uh, when, you know, you know the canary in the coal mine, you know, as the animal kingdom continues to go extinct, People forget we're part of the animal kingdom. We think we're above them. We're not. We're pretty much, our DNA is almost identical. Uh, It's a very sad situation because, as I said earlier, since the 80s, I've been an environmentalist warning people of what could be. And now, you know, from the 80s to 2022, I see nothing changed except no one cared and it all got worse. Yeah, it did. And And I don't know. uh, You know, I just look here, you know, in Arizona, as they continue to dig up the natural desert to build more and more housing where we have, we've been in drought for God knows how long. All I think of is, A, they're making it hotter than it already is. And B, where are they going to get the water? Okay, the next wars are for water. Make no mistake about it. Uh, so man's ignorance will be their own, will be his own demise. And I don't mean just men. Okay. No, just in no, case of your course. audience wants to call me a man hater. No, no, I know what you mean. I, I, I'm using that just as a word. And the lying bastards 
my final comment on this, and you can disagree by all means, and you'll get the final word. I've never believed that man-made CO2, which ends up in the atmosphere, is going to warm the planet to the point where it's going to kill us. I've never believed that, because I've never seen any evidence of it. And the solutions they offer for that are tyranny. But I agree with every single word you said. And they, the media likes to conflate and mix up environmental disaster and climate change. I don't believe climate change is real. I do believe they manipulate the atmosphere. They do terrible things to it. Of course. But, but, Weather but, manipulation. I mean, all absolutely. of it. It's man in their ignorance yeah. is creating their own demise. Or it's deliberate, maybe. I mean, what you said about poisoning the environment, the land, the seas. I, I've come to believe that's a deliberate program. Absolutely. It's either deliberate or they're really stupid. Yeah, they're not that stupid. You know, people forgot about what I call the sacred. They forgot that we are part of nature. We think we're above nature, separate from it, but we're not. We're a part of nature and we don't respect nature. And when you don't respect nature, nature's going to come and bite you in the ass. That's uh, That's what I think ultimately. Human beings might be in danger ultimately, but it won't because the earth Earth is getting too hot. It might be because the Earth decides to sneeze and get rid of us. Just kick well, us off. Well, yeah, fleas on a dog. Like fleas back. on a dog. Yeah, maybe that's the guy you think. I know right, that. But if you pay yeah. attention to space weather, yeah. this sun has been doing things this past year that it's never done before. I mean, there are more things shooting off the sun and heating off the sun. You know, taking out ham radios, whatever down here. Could that get more serious? Uh, do you think? Do you think we might eventually have? a solar event that might cause, you know, the death of electronics on planet Earth. It might plunge us back to the Stone Age, maybe. Yeah, but, you know, in a way, that could be a blessing. Maria, I can't even... I don't want to even think of it. I'm a guy who likes these creature comforts. Don't well, even I'm just say... saying, though, you know, people were happy and people uh, were family-oriented. People were community-oriented. Everybody pitched in. Everybody helped everybody else yeah. before technology. I agree. We can do without television. We can do Life without smartphones. Simpler. Our yeah. children were healthier. Children used to create whatever the games they needed to create to play outdoors because you had no light in your house. Yes, but I do want to retain electricity to play my hey, records. Listen, I want a cold beer. You are. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to live in that world. Yeah. So, uh, but we never kept sight of keeping it in balance. So everything is so unbalanced now. I don't even know how to balance it out. We'll pick- and I don't want to be a doomsday uh, say or frighten your audience. I just lived a long time and I've seen a lot of stuff. You're giving an honest opinion. We'll pick it up, uh, the doomsday thing. We'll pick it up next time we talk, which won't be too uh, long from now. Thanks for coming coming back today. You've been Always missed. Always a pleasure, Richie. Always. You've been missed. Folks, I recommend strongly that you check out mariaheller.net, M-E-R-I-A.net. Listen to the programmes. If you subscribe, if you sign up, you will get access to thousands and thousands of interviews on 7,000 plus radio shows. Great to have you back, my friend. We'll do it again real soon. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. You take good care, Richie. Bye for now. Thanks, Maria. Bye for now. The great Maria Heller, live on Tuesday's Richie Allen Show from the great state of Arizona. Top lady. Check her out. M-E-R-I-A dot net. Thanks again to Maria. Now, to your comments, or some of them, anywho, before I run out of time. 
Oh, time, time, time. All we have is time. Richard says, wipe out technology. Yep, I vote for that. No, I don't want a solar event. What's the exact terminology? Uh, like a pulse or something from solar activity. Please, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anything but that. I like a good hot shower. I like the occasional bit of takeaway delivered after I've ordered it on my phone. I like the occasional cold beer. Come on, people. You could put your cans of beer in the stream, Baldy. I probably could. Patricia says, I truly believe that humans are the only species on Earth that are stupid enough to destroy their own habitat. Thanks so much, Patricia. Pandora came back to say the sun hasn't even got going, she says. In fact, it's going to cool down for a chilly period and Russia is, of course, why it will get nasty. Plus CIA, Mossad, World Economic Forum and various others, she says. That's interesting. She's talking about the maunder minimum, the, the, the cooling period that people believe might happen at the end of this decade. In fact, I interviewed a woman called Valentina Zharkova about that at one time, an academic. Very interesting indeed. Darren says, Richie, what I have found, especially with my own family, is that no one dares to comment on the fact that the COVID pandemic had disappeared overnight once the Ukraine situation dominated the airwaves. What they don't see, but what we clearly see, is how the change is secretly being moved into place, like chess pieces being moved into place, by the hidden elites and shown in articles that are never dared, questioned, until the said agenda and agendas will win. Thank you uh, for that, uh, Darren. Uh, moving on down. Moving on down. Scully says, don't forget with the water, don't forget Fukushima. Fukushima, well said, Scully. Absolutely right. Gareth says, John Lear died a few days ago. He was a legendary storyteller. Thanks for that. Pod says, Eustace Mullins, absolute legend. Check out his uh, videos. Freeman says, don't be storing things even on DVDs, Maria. Um, because um, with enough heat over the years, DVDWs stop working. DVD or Ws even quicker. They expire. Thanks so much for that. Faisal says, we're here because we have to be somewhere and there was nowhere else available easy, says Faisal. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Steph says Michael is excellent. I think that's the person that uh, the man that was mentioned by Maria will have to check uh, the man out. Jimmy has read Kennedy's Fauci book. Big Pharma has been abusing the developing world for financial gain for years. They do their tests there because historically in the developing world, the standards are so low and they can hide the results. That's very right, Jimmy. That's very right. Paying for, um, paying very poor people pathetic, paltry sums of money for their experiments, often harming people during these experiments and then covering up the data. Big pharmaceutical companies have been doing this for years. Or if not covering up the data, misrepresenting the data. They've been doing it forever and a day. Scaramouche says that the Earth is the Australia of the universe. Nelly says Peter Gabriel wrote a brilliant song called Not One of Us. As they talk like we do, walk like we do, but they're not one of us. I'll have to look for that song. Uh, I'll, I'll check that out. Isabel asks, could Ukraine's war be an excuse for a planned rise to fascism in Europe, as one of your guests recently suggested? 
and the explanation will be the displacement of a huge portion of Ukraine's population, which is known to have a lot of fascist supporters, says Isabel. That's a very interesting point as well. That is it for the programme this Tuesday, April 5th. Thank you so much for your company. A big shout out to Ryan Christian. Check out thelastamericanvagabond.com, top lad. And to my pal, Maria Heller, M-E-R-I-A dot net. That's Mother Echo Romeo Indigo Alpha dot net, M-E-R-I-A dot net. Thanks again to Maria. We will speak again tomorrow, dear listener. Misha Augustus, me and you. Uh, among the guests, Robert Inlakesh among the guests tomorrow. And Melissa Shumay will be on the programme on Thursday for an extended conversation. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Take care of yourselves and one another. Bye.